Welcome to The Difference, the intersection of politics and economics from Wall Street and K Street to your street to Main Street. I'm Dan O'Donnell alongside Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. He handles the economics, I handle the politics, and the world right now is handling as best it can and struggling to come to grips with the unspeakable terror from this past weekend inflicted on the people of Israel by Hamas. Innocent civilians rounded up wholesale and slaughtered. Young girls raped and paraded naked through the streets of Gaza. And in what seems to be one of the cruelest elements of this attack, social media accounts of the victims featuring their executions. Mm. The attackers clearly instructed to log into their victims' Facebook pages or social media accounts and live stream the victims' executions to broadcast the terror to their loved ones and across the world. The world is, of course, disgusted, outraged, saddened, but Israel is now perhaps more than ever I think, resolved to take out Hamas once and for all. As we record this, Dave, uh, we are hearing that Israel is readying a massive ground offensive, possibly including upwards of 100,000 troops. We don't know the extent of this, but for the first time in 50 years, and this attack was timed to coincide with the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, for the first time in 50 years, Israel has formally declared war it was uh, just a, a truly horrific weekend yep. it really was and, and it's very difficult to try to pivot from something that was so horrific and remains that way to something that's economic it's, it's perverse in a way when we manage and i'm responsible for five billion dollars i don't have a choice and i have to talk about it i have to try to pivot what is a political issue to that of an economic issue and it's difficult but the market's already reacting to it and has reacted to it right so what happens in times like this because it's not the first and won't be the last is there's a tendency to buy treasuries for folks to go out and buy the us dollar and so you can start to see what happens with interest rates there's a tendency for people to say well, I'm going to sell the cruise lines and the airlines and buy defense contractors and cybersecurity companies. So, you know, we have that responsibility and we have to look at those things, Dan. And, and as we do that, we go, all right, is this going to be a long event? Is it going to draw in the United States? Is it going to draw in Iran? And is Iran going to draw in Russia? I mean, this, this could be something very short term as Israelis go into the Gaza Strip and do some ass kicking. Or does it turn into something bigger? And we're going to have to wait and see. And this is, I think, the, the, the thing that is difficult when it comes to a financial perspective is that uncertainty. And you're right. But, you know, Dave, I, I think give yourself a, a break a little bit here in that this is, I think, it's not as though we're looking at the, the horror that unfolded and saying, oh my gosh, I wonder how this is going to impact my retirement. Mm -hmm. But this is the sort of event, this is, and and as I said on the radio with you this week, there is a not zero chance that this is the catalyst for something approximating World War III. Because what happens if Russia is aligned 
into this with the Iranians. We've seen a very close relationship between the mullahs and the Putin regime. What happens if the Chinese decide that they want to cast their lot with the world's worst actors. We do know America is sending warships to aid, I believe, in the Straits of Hormuz, but don't quote me on that. This is a massive, massively important uh, area. And this is the sort of thing that does have the potential to completely destabilize the global financial market. So it's not selfish or craven to talk about the impact. This is an element of this story that we do need to explore. Now, is this going to send people rushing to safe havens like bonds, treasury? You know, is this is this the the thing that further uh, pushes? U.S. bonds to, to previously unheard of levels because you've also got the Fed raising interest rates so quickly and so dramatically over the past year or so. I mean, this all sort of goes into the full financial picture, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does. So let's let's go back and, and kind of unwrap that a little bit. So the Arab-Israeli war back in, in 73 was followed by the Arab oil embargo, right? Well, the U.S. has vast resources of fossil fuels. That it didn't back then, right? And so what is there a change in policy on energy in this country to say maybe does it accelerate some theories? But policy changes could be part of that. And you talk about politics again. Well, as we sit here today, there is no leader of the House. Does it accelerate an election on the leader of the House? Because there's going to be probably increased defense spending. By the way, if they don't put that in and there is not a budget defense spending goes down significantly, right? So all of this this comes together. But you said some things also as well as what happens with interest rates. You look at the length and the depth of the interest rate, and right now they're starting to equalize. In other words, this yield curve is starting to flatten out, Dan. And then what does that tell you? That tells you that maybe the recession doesn't happen. That's what the bond market is starting to say. But we'll have to look at it, and as you said, Interest rates went from 0 to 5.5%. And by the way, wars are generally inflationary. Energy prices mm -hmm. going up are generally inflationary. So the Fed may not be done. This could certainly change the, the status of a portfolio. Yeah, and I think it has the potential to change that very, very quickly. Although that is interesting that the, the bond market does seem to be indicating that there's not going to be a recession. Right. I've never seen something more predicted and than wrong. the recession. But, but remember, what did I say to you a year ago? I said, well, anytime you have 90% of economists saying one thing, take the other side of that bet. Yeah. Right? And, and I said, I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to wait and see because the Fed is trying to fight something with by, by raising interest rates and to some extent – deleveraging their balance sheet to a company in some place in the United States saying, you can't hire more people. Because that's what right. raising interest, trying to slow the economy down. If you're a, a manufacturer in middle America, you're going to say, all right, shit, it's, it's going to be higher interest rates. But does that mean I'm not going to take that job? I'm not going to hire somebody? I, I don't know about that. And, well, that, and, and it hasn't, seems that hasn't been the case. No, exactly. I was just going to say we, we had the, the jobs numbers come out and they said double, I right. think, what was expected. Was yeah. it 331,000? Right. Now, some of that uh, some of that was restaurants and the like. They weren't manufacturing jobs per se, but there's no oh, question. Sure. No, 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 no. But that's, yeah. that's 
But yeah, I mean, when you see, but that also sort of gets to my point that we're not seeing an economic slowdown. If it's restaurants, if it's retail, this means Americans still have discretionary spending. They still have discretionary funds available. And because such a massive percentage of the American economy is in the service sector and depends on discretionary money by the American spending public, I mean, this would sort of further that argument that we're not heading towards a recession. But Again, what you see is this global instability as the potential to sort of change all that. Because right. what did we see? What did we see immediately after uh, the Putin invasion of Ukraine? We saw inflation across the globe right. and here in America, which puts pressure on consumers. Which puts pressure on consumers. Absolutely right. right. Well, and it's also, I mean, my goodness, I'll tell you just a quick story about how inflation is still sort of hitting home. So after. The, the kids had a, was it soccer practice or a soccer game? So I had a number of my son and his friends on the soccer team, my high school-aged son. I believe this was Friday night, so this would have been after a soccer practice. And they're all hanging out, and they're going to our house just to kind of, you know, hang out. They had a game the next day. It was Friday night. Yep. So they were just going to watch movies and, you know, hang out. And it was, I think, four or five of my son's friends, him and his younger brother. And we went to a quick trip. And this is not to say quick trip is overpriced. There's a quick trip right by our house. And we were, you know, we always go there. I love quick trip. Quick trip is, you know, my go-to place. My kids absolutely love it. They demand going to quick trip to get snacks, okay? So I had them all get some snacks and stuff. And my younger son loves to guess I swear he's going to be a Price is Right grand prize winner. He loves to guess exactly how much we're going to spend. And he sees the kids drop their stuff on the counter. And he says, $56. Mm -hmm. And I say, oh, buddy, that's there's no way this is going to be $56. Sure enough, it gets up to $52. Mm. And then I come back. I had grabbed like an Arnold Palmer mm -hmm. and some apples or something like that. Put them on the counter. They get rung up. Sure enough, he was right. $56 worth of snacks. I was ballparking that at like 39, right. 40, somewhere in there. And it was just, it was a, a reminder. I went home and told my wife, went home and actually Chris, my younger son, was the one who told his mom. He's like, I guessed it right. I guessed the price right. And I'm telling you, future price is right, grand champion. Yeah. Uh, he's going he's gonna to be dominating Plinko in like 10 years. In any event, I, I told her, I'm like, yeah, it was $56. She kind of laughed and goes, yeah, you don't do the grocery shopping, right. Dan. Where have you been? But it's like anyone who says inflation is not still a thing is frankly lying to you. Well, I mean, inflation, remember, it's, it's rate of change. So if you look at what's happened in the last two years, prices up, you know, more than 20% if you, you know, in, and accumulate the whole number. So that's significant. That doesn't mean even if it's flat from here. Prices are still up and are going yeah. to remain up unless you see a turnaround. But, you know, to bring it back to what's happening around the world, oil prices higher. So, you know, to assume that we're going back down where we were last week, probably not going to happen. Right. And you have to look at what's happened before. $100 a barrel of oil is something that we've seen before. And remember, Russia and Ukraine are still going at it. So, yeah. you know, what happens with the Saudi deal with Israel? Is that off the table? Because that was part of the conversation. So, and, you know, some are arguing that is the whole reason why it happened. But we'll go down that road another time. 
but look at what's happening in the energy sector, how this is going to affect people. And then let's bring it back here domestically. And you think about the number of Jewish people in this country. I think there's more Jewish people in New York than there is in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv combined. So this has an effect here in the United States as well. I'm looking at right now Brent crude. The price of Brent crude is $88. Yep. I, I think it's it's, it's got to be higher. almost inevitable. Yeah, it's it's good. We're going to get to $100 a barrel. Well, oil, I, I, don't, right? I won't say inevitable, but I'm going to say it's going to go higher from here. So, oh, I think it, there's there's no yeah. doubt about it. Anytime there's instability in the region, right. and I mean, you talked about a difference in the strategic oil reserve. Right. President Biden essentially depleted our strategic petroleum reserve. And wants to tap it again, by the way. And he, he does. Yeah. And weirdly enough, he he tapped into it to reduce oil prices ahead of the 2022 midterms. So for political gain, we are now seeing the impact of just disastrous foreign policy. And I know. So the, and let's just talk about that in just the last couple of minutes. So yeah. foreign policy and deglobalization will be part of the argument as we head into election year, because you have to talk about a more dangerous world, talk about Afghanistan, Ukraine, Israel, maybe even Taiwan. So, you know, this is going to be part of the conversation as we head in. So if you want to profit on that, where do you go? What do you do with your portfolio? What should you be looking at? That is the reason that we talk about these things, because we have a core portfolio, but around the edges, there's tactically things that you can do. It's not a binary all in and all out. That means there's an opportunity set, and you have to take the facts and circumstances of where we are today and react to it. Even if it's just making small moves, that is what you should do if you're listening to this podcast and say, what should I do to protect what I have so I can retire when I want to? Yeah. And it's not just, you know, making those small moves, but also having an an overarching picture of where you want to be. Right. You want to know when you want to retire. You want to know how much you have, how much will it last me? Right. Right. Is is it going to last because people are living longer and longer and longer than ever before and still wanting to retire at 65, maybe pushing towards 70 now. So you need to make sure that you don't outlive your money in the best place to do so is, as always, AnnexWealth.com. We always want you to head over there, get that free wealth metric, a review of your portfolio, know what you own, why you own it, and whether you're best positioned to withstand all of the uncertainty that we are in right now. For Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, I'm Dan O'Donnell. Thanks for listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice, or recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.